Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is Resolution of Song. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. So, New Year's is one of those times, I don't know, I, I wanted to kind of to get a, a show of hands. How many of you really have celebrate New Year's, like go to New Year's parties or have ever really done that? Has that ever been a part? Kind of. Yeah. But as you get older, it kind of becomes less like the New Year you celebrate. Ah, 10 o'clock, that's good. We, we, we celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, 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 yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, Kevin still celebrates New Year's every year, no matter what, right? <laughs> Well, New Year's, it's kind of funny, you know, because whenever I was younger and stuff like that, you know, that's a, a time where people get together and you, you go and you, you make sure you stay up till midnight and, and all of that, and, and it's wonderful. And then you get older and you're like, okay, the reality is is that this is just another day, right? I mean, it's just another year. And, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that we don't celebrate, but it just kind of starts to, you know, reality kind of starts sinking in and the older we get and we view things a little bit different. But, uh, but New Year is always kind of a, a natural time that we look back at what has happened in the, the previous year. And then anytime you're looking back, that's going to influence the way that you're looking forward. And, uh, and we see this throughout our society, right? I mean, you watch the news and stuff like that. They'll do the year in review. Uh, there's always the, the list of, of famous people who have died. You know, they'll, they'll go through and, and celebrate those. And, um, you know, and, and then I saw some list on the uh, craziest news stories of 2018. And ironically, it was all of them, you know. Um, they're, they're, you know, just... All the different stuff we look back and, and think about. And I, and I started thinking about this because one of the big things with, that happens with uh, New Year's, obviously, is resolutions, right? Okay, well, what are we going to change for in 2019? And, and those have nearly become kind of a joke, right? <laughs> because, because everyone knows that they're really not going to keep their resolutions. And, uh, but the idea of resolution is kind of interesting, and I, and I don't know exactly, I mean, that's changed throughout time, but I think it's a natural thing that we do, because the beginning of a year is a, is a natural break and a natural new beginning. So what we do is we look back, and we start thinking, and then we, as we're looking back, we, we start thinking, okay, I don't really want that to happen again, so what do I need to do differently to make sure that doesn't happen? And, and but the, the thing with with doing that, that we have to be careful of, and, uh, and what's the, there's the, I think it's St. Francis of Assisi, his quote, you know, the, to be able to know the difference and, and, uh, and be wise enough to know the things that we can change and the things that we can't change. And, and that's an important thing whenever we're starting a new beginning, whenever we're kind of thinking forward to this next year, that we, when we look back at 2018 and we start our natural tendency is we're going to look at the things that we would like to have changed in 2018, right? And when we do that, we need to be very wise in how we do that. Are those things that we can change that we make sure that we avoid in 2019? Or are those things, you know what, that just happened and we can't really do anything about them? 
You know, 2018 has been an interesting year. There's a lot that's happened to a lot of different people. Um, Everybody has experienced highs and lows. Some of those things we can't do anything about. And we need to be careful not to dwell on that. (laughs) We need to have the wisdom to know, you know what? There's nothing I could have done that would have prevented that. And you know what? That's okay because that's called life. Life happens. You know, I... We, 2018, we experienced the death of a very close family member, right? There is nothing that we could do that would prevent that. And, but that, that's one of those things that you, you think about when you're looking back and you say, I sure don't want to experience that in 2019. But here's the reality is we can't guarantee that. There's nothing that we can do to, to change that. And so if we, if we spend New Year's or kind of this beginning of a new year thinking about all those things that we can't change and just dreading that we may, that may happen again in 2019, we're going to be miserable and like it's going to be, we're starting the year off wrong. But there are those things that we can change. There are things that we can look back on that have happened, whether it's attitudes that we've had, perspectives that we have, maybe it's actions that we have, habits that we have, whatever that we can look back and we say, you know, I see how that caused me to treat my family different. Or I see how that caused me to kind of walk away from God a little bit. Those are things that we can look at and we can say, you know what, maybe we can do something different about that in 2019. Maybe we can change that. Now, the problem with resolutions, when we boil it down to resolutions, the problem with those, this is just my observation, is that... We, we want re- resolutions to, uh, to yield immediate results, right? So, so you know, the, the biggest one is losing weight, right? That's, that's everybody's resolution. And, and it's a good one to kind of give a broad picture of, right? We, everybody, or nearly everyone, realizes, okay, we need to get healthier, whatever, da, 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 da. And so we, we start off 2019 or whatever the new year is and say, okay, this is the year that's going to happen. And, and in our minds, we're like, man, if I just make these changes, I'm going to start seeing immediate results. No, that doesn't happen. Any meaningful change, very rarely are, uh, do immediate results happen, right? But that's our society. Our society expects immediate results because so much can happen quickly and does happen quickly. I mean, our news cycle happens rapidly, right? You know, all of that, everything just is moving so fast. But actual change really takes time. So if our resolution, whatever it is, and whether it's getting your finances in order, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, changing your your anger, dealing with your anger, uh, whether it's changing a relationship that you have with your children or with your spouse, You know, all of those things that you do have some control over, right? If you expect immediate results, you're going to toss that resolution out by January 15th, right? Because the reality is, is nothing is going to change in that first little bit, right? And that's why many times I think we get rid of resolutions really quickly. Like, what? What? I didn't lose 10 pounds in the first week, but that pill said that I would. It's like, well, that pill lied to you, you know? Change doesn't happen that way. It, it takes time. 
And so whenever we're wanting to change something in our life, we need to understand that, hey, it's going to take time. This is something that we're going to have to choose to, to change our behavior or our thought process or whatever it is. But it's going to take time for us to actually see results. Right? And another reason that uh, <laughs> resolutions don't work is because if we're honest with ourselves, we want it to be easy. Right? We want things to be easy. And there's those things in our life that we know that we need to change, right? Whether it's our eating habits, whether it's the way that we handle our finances, whether it's, you know, the, the things that we're putting into our mind, those things that deep down we know, you know what, that's something I need to change. But the reality is, is we want it to be easy. And when we start trying to change and we realize, you know what, this is not easy. It is not easy to change kind of some of those behaviors that have become ingrained. And these are not all sinful things, right? It can just be things in your life that you know, man, that's just not good for me. I need to change. But it also uh, does uh, speak to those things that we know that we're doing that really are not godly, right? Um, Whether it's holding on to anger, uh, whether it's allowing our circumstances to make us bitter and then we act out, whether, you know, all of those things, it takes time and patience and diligence to actually experience change. And so if your resolution, as you're thinking about those things that you want to change in your life, or that you know that you need to work on, we all have them, right? Do not set yourself up for failure by thinking, one, it's going to be easy, and two, that that change is going to come quickly. Right? And understand that you're not going to be perfect at it, right? That you're going you're gonna to make some headway and then you're going to mess up and you're going to get right back into that same pattern of behavior. But then you can get out of it. That's the important thing. It's what we do so often is because we want it to be easy and we want it to happen fast is whenever we fall back into whatever that behavior is, we're just like, I've already, that's it. I thought, I thought I'd made the necessary changes. No, man, this is... True change takes time and it takes effort, right? And that's going to be change that really means something to you, that really makes a difference and makes an impact in your life. So I want us to think about that a little bit from, from a spiritual perspective, right? Um, what, what is it that we need to change? What are some of those things that we need to change in our life? So we're going to look at some of those over the next uh, few weeks. But uh, I want to share a verse with you uh, today or a passage. It's going to be Psalm 101. And I I don't know. I was reading this. um, I actually share with you a little bit. I was uh, talking with my brother, and my brother was um, talking with me. And he said, you know, I I really feel like I need to kind of rededicate myself uh, to, to God, and, and, and especially in regards to my household. He's like, you know, I, I want to be the spiritual leader of my home and, and stuff like that. And we were just having those conversations that lots of people have had at times. And so I just started looking for a, a passage that kind of spoke to that. And I found Psalm 101. And I'm sure I've read this at some point, you know, b- before, but maybe not. There's like 150 Psalms, so I don't know if I've... <laughs> but, uh, but you know how sometimes things just jump out at you. And uh, and Psalm 101 um, is a really neat psalm, and it's very personal. Uh, The word I is used in it a lot. This is 
This is David writing this, is what, what most people attribute to. And he, he's writing, and he's kind of, um, and, and I have to think, there's something about that he's, he's writing it at a new beginning. I don't know what exactly, well, they don't know, we don't know exactly the circumstances, but he's clearly king, and, and he's kind of having this desire that, man, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to do things in a, in a godly way. So I want us to, to read Psalm 101 together. It says, I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning, I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. All right. Now, there's, there's a lot that's going on here, and I, I don't know. There's just something, something that jumped out to me about this, about this desire to have a blameless heart, you know, this desire to, to live the right way. Now, this is coming from David, who David did not always do this, right? We don't know whether this was before the Bathsheba incident or after. And it could be either one. Um, because David, and the reason that David is called a man after God's own heart is not because his actions were always worthy of that title. But it's because he truly desired to live this blameless life before God. And even whenever he did get off track, he, he came back, and he faced the consequences to it. I mean, it was major consequences, right? But he desired to come back. He knew what he should be shooting for. You know, and that's important for us. It's important for us to know what we're shooting for, you know, and say, you know what? I want to live a blameless life. That's a pretty, pretty prideful or a, a, a pretty high statement, Right? Because, and we have to know that we're not going to do that completely. But man, that's what we need to be shooting for. And, and I think so often we've kind of lowered our standards as Christians. Because we, we all kind of recognize that we don't do it. And so in order to make us not feel as bad, we lower the bar. Right? It's, it's kind of like a, whenever I was in, in high school, I, I, I was a horrible track athlete. Right? I wasn't very fast, but you had to do that if you wanted to play football. And, uh, and so one of the field events that I would do would be the high jump. You know, and I guess this would have been in middle school. And, uh, and in, the, in the high jump, they, you would always have a starting height. Right? And, uh, and I can remember the first few meets, I couldn't even get over the starting height. You know, and so, so in practice and stuff, we would lower it, you know, below the starting height so you could at least get over it, right? And you kind of felt good about it. You're like, yes, I got over it. And you're like, wait, I'm not even reaching the bare minimum, right? right? And I think sometimes that's the way that we treat the Christian life. We know that the Christian life is way up here, 
right? And, and, that's, and, and we know that it, we're not going to reach it all the time. But I think, unfortunately, what we've done is we said, well, we can't reach that, and we feel really bad when we don't reach it, so let's just put it way down here, and we know that we're probably not even going to reach that, but we will at least get over it a few times, and we'll feel better about ourselves, right? That's not a good way to do it, right? But in order to have, be able to say, I want to live a blameless life, we also have to understand the true character of God. And David talks about that. I will sing of your love and your justice, right? That's what he starts off, this mixture. And, and our society does a horrible job with this because we have no nuance and we can't hold two things true at once. Right, And so what you see in society usually is people that are focused on justice at all costs and then people that are focused on love at all costs. Right? And what happens is when you're only focused on one, on justice, then you're only talking about the things that people are doing wrong. And we need to hold them accountable. Da, da, da. There's black and white. There's no, no room for grace. We're, we're seeking justice. If you follow the other side and you seek love, then you kind of get you're like, well... Justice makes people feel bad. So we're just going to focus on love. Okay, here's the deal. If we view things in that way, we're never going to really understand who God is. Because God is both. And that's why we can strive to live a blameless life. Knowing that we're not going to get there. And that there's going to be justice. That there's going to be consequences whenever we, we don't. But that God still loves us anyway. And that God is going to help us get closer and closer and closer to that, that ideal uh, life if we will allow him to do it. And it's so important to understand that. And, uh, and I want to, to keep going because one thing that really jumped out to me, he starts off, I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. And, then, and this is really interesting because no one really knows exactly how to translate or what is going on with this next little phrase because it's, it's a question. And it could just be a rhetorical question. We're not really sure. But it says, when will you come to me? It's really out of place in this passage, right? And it, it kind of jumps off. When will you come to me? Because David knows that God is always with him, Right? My personal thought whenever I was reading this is what David is saying here is he's saying, you know, I'm going to start loving uh, people like God loves people. I'm going to start seeking love and seeking mercy. I'm going to start striving to lead a blameless life. And you know what? Sometimes when we do that, we don't see immediate change. Things get harder. And sometimes we wonder, God, are you, are you coming along with me? Look, I'm trying. I'm trying to lead this blameless life, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting there. Are, are you going to join me on this path? Right? Sometimes that's how we feel. Right? That is, that's a human emotion. Sometimes we don't feel like God is truly there. And we feel like, you know, look at all the stuff I'm trying to do. And God, why aren't you all of a sudden present in a way that you've never been before? Right? I think we need to understand that sometimes we're going to feel that way. But that doesn't mean that we don't strive to live a blameless life. Right? God's presence 
is going to reveal itself in different ways and at different times. And so we're trying to live a new way of life. David's talking about living a blameless life in a world that does not reward living a blameless life, right? And so, yeah, it's going to feel like you're all alone sometimes, but you're not. So I think this little question is kind of acknowledging that, this humanness that, hey, even though I'm making these changes in my life, it doesn't necessarily feel like, God, you're there. But then it's also rhetorical because he knows, but God is there. And guess what? God will give you glimpses along the way that, hey, you're headed in the right direction. And the more we strive to live a blameless life and start changing those things that we know need to change, we will start seeing our life change. You know, if you start taking the necessary steps to handle your anger, right? Because if you, if you allow anger to consume you, right, at what that starts doing, it starts affecting every relationship that you have. And it starts messing up your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers, things like that. If you start taking the little step to stop that anger and give that anger over to God, right, all, that's going to start trickling down to all those relationships. Now, the thing is, is that you're the one that's changing the people out there haven't changed yet, right? So they still view you as the same person who may fly off the handle at them uh, because they did something small. And so you're going to see that they're not changing in the way that they react to you right away. Does that mean that you just give up? No, you keep going. You keep striving to live that blameless life. And eventually, people are going to say, oh, wait, he's, he's changed. You know what? He, he's not as angry anymore. But that takes a lot of time. And I think David is kind of saying that. I'm going to strive to live this blameless life, whether it feels like it's working or not, because it's the right thing to do. And then he goes on and uh, he says, I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. He's taking ownership for the, the people that he influences, right? He's saying, I'm the only one that can change. And, and this is something that, that we have to be real careful as a, in a society. It's so often like we start, okay, I'm ready for a new year. And so this year, you know, I expect people to act differently towards me. You can't do that, right? You, you can only change you. And so that's what Dave's saying. I'm taking responsibility for my household. And I, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. Right? Those are words that we don't use much anymore, you know, things that are vile. But guess what? Those things are still out there. And you need to look in your life and look at the world around you. Are there those things that are just vile that you're allowing into your mind, into your heart that are affecting you? Right? This doesn't mean that you're a prude. And that you don't, that you avoid anything that is, that is uh, bad or whatever, right? But you, we need to recognize that there are bad influences out there on us. We better do that. Because if we don't, we're not going to live blameless lives. And it continues, it says, I hate what the faithless people do. I will have no part in it. That we recognize that there are those people who are not going to help us along our goal to, to live a blameless life. And maybe there's relationships that we need to sever, right? 
And that's a, that's a hard thing, right? It, because, uh, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to love everyone and stuff like that. Well, yes, you, you can. But you don't have to allow certain people to be an influence in your life. That's right. And that even may include family. Right? And that, that's a touchy situation because we, we talk about, you know, blood is thicker than water and all of this stuff. And, and that is true. That is true. And you can still love a family member, but let's be honest, there are family members that probably suck the life out of us. Right? And, 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 and we have to do this with love and with mercy. But it's okay to say, you know what? I need to step back from that relationship. That relationship is not helping me. Right? And, uh, and, and those, are, those are hard things to do, but I think it's biblical that we need to evaluate that. Just because someone's family doesn't mean that we let them influence our lives completely. Right? We, need to, we need to evaluate those things. Who are those people that are influencing us? And are they helping us to live a blameless life or are they hindering us? Right? And he goes on, he says, My eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He's choosing to look at the people that he surrounds himself with and make sure that they are faithful, that they are people that are going to help him along the path. That is why... A church family is important. Church families are not perfect by any means, right? You're not a better Christian and a, and a more holy Christian just because you come to church. But there is something about surrounding yourself with people who are striving to be faithful like you are, right? And, and that is something that we need to evaluate in our lives. Are we surrounding ourselves with people who are helping us to lead blameless lives. You know, and, and uh, he, he goes on and he says, no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Uh, you know, getting rid of all that stuff in that last verse, every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. You know, that I, I thought, whenever I thought of this, I, I thought, you know, how important that is that, He's kind of basically saying, okay, each day I'm starting new, right? I'm, I'm, I'm pushing out those things. And, uh, you know, we need to look at the things that we're consuming and say, okay, are those pointing us to God or are they not? And, uh, and I know for me, in 2018, one thing that, that I have done, and I've done this in the past, but it's very easy to get wrapped up into the news of the world, right? Yes. And, and, and man, if you start your day off that way, oh, it, it's not going to be a good day. And, and I'm not saying that we bury our head in the sand to what's going on around us, but we need to be careful. Are we consumed by 24-hour news? Are we consumed by what's going on in our country? Because guess what? There's always going to be problems going on in our country. There's always going to be problems going on in our world. But maybe we need to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow that to start directing the way that I see the world. I'm going to see the world differently. So I'm going to start every morning anew. I'm going to start every morning differently. Maybe that means that we start by, you know, the the old school quiet time, right? Or maybe it's just a simple uh, listening to a podcast on the way to work. That's, that's focused on Christ in some way, shape, or form, right? But whatever it is, what are we going to do in our life 
to help us to lead a blameless life. I want to want to close, and I want us to be thinking about. I want you to be thinking about this this week. What are those things that you need to address in your life? You know, those things that you know that you need to change um, that will will change the way that you engage with the world around you, that will help you lead the life that you know God wants you to lead. And start making those steps to change that, knowing that this is a lifelong process, right? And knowing that it's not always going to feel like it's working, right? Because things aren't changing right away. But you know what? The reason we choose to live a blameless life is not because it will work in our life, but it's because that's how God created us to live, and that's what he desires for us, and that's how we truly experience love and mercy and justice all at the same time. I want to close. I want to read the same passage, but I'm going to read it from the message. And uh, so it just gives a, a little bit different perspective. It says, my theme song is God's love and justice. And I'm singing it right to you, God. I'm finding my way down the road of right living. But how long before you show up? I'm doing the very best I can, and I'm doing it at home where it counts. I refuse to take a second look at corrupting people and degrading things. I reject man uh, made in Canaan gods. Stay clear of contamination. The crooked in heart keep their distance. I refuse to shake hands with those who plan evil. I put a gag on the gossip who badmouths his neighbor. I can't stand arrogance, but I have my eye on salt-of-the-earth people. They're the ones I want working with me. Men and women on the straight and narrow, these are the ones I want at my side. But no one who traffics in lies gets a job with me. I have no patience with liars. I've rounded up all the wicked like cattle, And herded them right out of the country. I purged God's city of all who make a business of evil. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you are a God who is patient with us. And that you are a God who calls us to lead blameless lives. Lord, we know that that is not easy. We know that that takes time. And Lord, I pray that you will give us patience. That we will surround ourselves with you, and with people who follow you. Lord, I pray that 2019 will be a year that each one of us allow you to start changing us and molding us into the people you created us to be so that we can live blameless lives. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you call us to such a high standard. And, Lord, that you love us, that you show us mercy as we strive to live our life meeting the standard you have created for us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.